On this Mother's Day, you can turn with me to in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, looking at first chapter. And as we dealing in this month, uh, women of faith, we're going to look at Hannah. Some mothers here might be able to empathize with Hannah, sympathize with her, knowing her trouble, knowing her pain. And then even if you're not a mother, you too can sympathize and empathize with her, knowing that you too might have be suffering some afflictions and some pain and troubles in your life, and you're looking for a breakthrough. You're looking for a way to make it better, or something to change, to remove this suffering from you. And in this time of 1 Samuel, it's the time of the judges. And the judges say how man did what was right in their own eyes. And, and there was no king. And so you can see there's a time of corruption, a time of affliction, evil all around in this time. There was no king during this time frame. And, and so they did what was right. This after Joshua has established them and brought them into the promised land. And, and during this time, maybe Samson just got done being judged. And Samson was, you know, Samson didn't do everything right. And we see in this time that there was some conflict going on. But as we pick up here in 1 Samuel, of the first chapter, the setting is changing. It's introducing a new character, Samuel. It's showing you that something is about to change and how Samuel is going to be used as an instrument by God to bring apart this change. And we see here how a woman who is barren is used by God. A woman that has affliction is used by God. Can that be your testimony? People might have counted you out. You might have been pain and afflicted and dealing with suffering, but yet God can still use you. Looking at 1 Samuel, the first chapter, from the ninth verse, reading in the New Living Translation, it says, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at the customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she happened. She, she, he thought that she had been drunk. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am wicked. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah, where Elkanah slept with Hannah, and the Lord remembered her plea. If you can help me announce uh, this theme, this title, 
Tell, ask, tell your neighbor, remember me. Remember me. Tell somebody else, remember me. remember me. We see here, Hannah came before the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the heavenly armies, saying, remember me. And, and we're looking at this place before she got to the temple, before she came to the tabernacle to pray this prayer, we first have to look at her situation. First, we see a man, Eli, who has two wives. And I just have to clarify in the beginning, that was not so. It was not right for him to have two wives, but yet, as we see in the time of the judges, man was doing what was right in their own eyes. They were living in times of wicked, so they did what was right in their own eyes. But in Genesis, we see how God made Adam and he made Eve. He said it wasn't good for man to be alone, so he did not create two wives, but he made one wife. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we see here, Eli has already brought trouble in his house by having two wives. Uh, one wife is, 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 is just enough, but he had two. And we see here that one he loved and one had more children. The one he loved had no children, but yet his second wife had plenty of children. And we see how Hannah refers to her as my rival, saying, my rival antagonized me. She provokes me. And then we see the, how pious, how holy Eli, Eli is, that when he, I'm sorry, Elkanah is, that he will go to the festival. He would go to worship God, and he would bring his family there once a year. And, and we see here that this was the time that Peniel would take the time to chastise, to provoke Hannah, and remind her that God has closed her womb. I want you to look at that for a moment. They go to worship God, and when they go to worship God, Peniel takes the time to remind her that the God you're worshiping has closed your womb. Oh, Lord, please remember me. You see here that she is going to worship the same God who has closed her womb. Y'all, are y'all with me here this morning? Are y'all catching that? That she realized that the same God that can bless her is the same God that, that has closed her womb. She realized that the same God that she's coming here year after year to worship and magnify is, is also the same God who has stopped her from being able to have children. And we see how this vexes her so that she would lose her appetite. She became so angry that she would not eat. And, and we see her husband trying so hard. You see his good intentions. Uh, why are you crying so? Am I not greater than ten sons? He just didn't get it, did he? He was trying to understand. He's like, look, don't I, can't I make up for it? He's saying, am I, am I not greater than Ten sons. Let's kind of draw some parallel to, to Jacob, the one he, lo he loved, could not have children, and she was crying, so say, hey, aren't I good enough? <laughs> we see here that he said ten sons, saying there's a number of completion of holiness, say, don't, can't I help you to fulfill your joy, what's missing you? But no, that just didn't do it. She wanted to have some children, so she did not eat, and said she got up. After they got done eating, she got up and went to the tabernacle. I want to point out here that in times of affliction, in times of pain, you can always go to God. In this situation, we can see in her suffering, she still saw God. In her suffering, she still went to the one who was being, she was telling, 
by Paniya that is teasing her, provoking her, saying, God has closed your womb. But still, she goes to that same God who closed her womb, asking him to open her womb. Don't you know that God can do some things? That God can make what was once impossible possible? How God can speak with things that do not exist and speak them into existence? Can you understand how God can make a change by just speaking the word into somebody's life? Am I talking to somebody here this morning that understand, despite what other people have told you, how they counted you out, how they push you down, how they talk about your pain and your suffering, you can still go in your suffering to a God that can speak to the situation. Because we see her in her suffering, in her pain, that she was not just crying and, and bitterly, but bitterly sore. Crying hard, overly, continuously, tears just running down her face as she's praying to God. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been praying and crying, crying and praying, heart just hurting because of some affliction and pain that you're going through? Hannah wanted to have a child. She wanted to give a child to her husband. She wanted to have a lineage of Samuel going down, but yet she was unable to do so. And she realized that just because she was unable to do so, it did not mean that God was unable to do so. I, I know we're living in a time of this recession. I understand that maybe President Obama may not be able to bring us out, but I, I know someone who can I know you may be counting on your governor or your mayor to give you some kind of stimulus, but it might not trickle down to you, but I know a God that can. You see, many times we're looking at what we can do, and the limitations that we have can stop us from doing so much. But if I go to a God, don't say, count on a thousand here, but I go to the God that calls out the stars one by one. If I go to the God that never becomes weak, that never sleeps nor slumbers, if I go to a God, that is all powerful. And you look out, she comes to God in her suffering. She comes to him and says, Lord of hosts, Lord of the arms. We see something here. I want you to grab this here. This is the first time in our Old Testament text that we see that word, the Lord of hosts. And it came from hand. Oh, this woman loved the Lord and saw him with all power and might. And she just came and said, Lord of hosts. Now, twofold, look at this here. If he's the Lord of hosts, I mean he's the commander of the armies. And if he's the commander of the armies, he's able to avenge the enemies. I can see her now realize that her enemy <laughs> is Penea, her rival. And saying, Lord, avenge me somehow, somewhere by giving me a male child. In her suffering, she comes to the Lord of hosts and says, Lord, uh, remember me. Lord, look upon my uh, affliction. Lord, take the time. And when she asks for the Lord to remember me, I want you to, to write this down. Remember me means that God to look upon you with favor and grace. Don't you want the Lord to remember you? To look upon you with favor and grace? Because when they ask for the Lord to remember your promise, to remember your children, says, Lord, bless us. Lord, give us grace. Lord, allow us to make it through. When the children of Israel are acting out of their minds, making sacrifice to a golden calf, God was about to strike them down. But Moses said, Lord, remember your covenant. When God can look back and remember, he can show you his favor and his grace. 
And you've seen Hannah and her suffering and her praying that she has an affliction. The affliction came from God and she realized that God can lift this affliction. Some of us are living our lives with some afflictions. Some of them may be physical. Some might be emotional. Some of them might be financial. But I, I want you to realize in spite of what you're going through, pray to God. Trust him that he is able to deliver you. Do you see here that she was not just coming to God this one time, but every year they would go to the tabernacle and every year her rival would provoke her and chastise her and abuse her and oppress her every year. But every year I can see Hannah saying, Lord of hosts, <laughs> remember me. What I'm trying to tell you here is that never give up. Never give in. God is still able. She was suffering. She did not see it coming so. She, she did not see herself, her womb growing. She did not see herself impregnated. She did not see herself giving birth to a child. But yet she believed that it could happen. In spite of her being chastised and being beat down and reminded of her pain and her suffering. That's what people do when they remind you of your flicks. They remind you of your past. They try to point to how you've fallen short. They try to point to how you've been worth nothing and how you still are nothing. But yet when you look at God, you can see I speaking into the future. Because when I look to God, I see a promise when I look to God. What's the promise? They did not say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. When I look at God, I see a promise of everlasting life. When I look at God, I see a promise that one day he'll wipe the tears from your eyes and there'll be no more pain and suffering. You understand, when you look at God, there's a promise. Does it not say in Jeremiah that God knows his plans for you and your future? Plans of prosperity, not that you shall perish. When you look at God, you can see the future. But when, when Hannah looked at her rival, all she could see was her past. She was reminded of her past, reminded of her pain, reminded of her heartache. And then when she looked at Elkanah, she sees the potential of what she could have, but what she does not have. But when she looks at God, she sees what can be possible. And so she goes and prays in her suffering. And so you, we see her suffering. Now we see her supplication. In this prayer, she prays passionately. She prays purposefully. And she prays with a, with a power. She goes, Lord of hosts. She's passionately praying. She's weeping. She's sore. The words says that Eli was looking at her mouth. And no words were coming out of her mouth because she was praying in her heart. Some of us need to practice that kind of prayer. Sometimes we get with people and we want to pray and use such big vocabularies and and say words we don't even know that understand. We just heard somebody else say it sound good and we want to recite it. But yet when you pray from your heart, maybe all you can say, Lord, forgive me. When you praise your heart, you can say, Lord, bless my brother. When you praise your heart, Lord, you can say like a little child, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, and a whole wide world. I'm telling you, God hears those prayers. Because it's from a sincere heart. It's not trying to show off, oh, Lord, as I come to you with knees bowed and, and bow down heads with an uplifted heart, will you pray, pray? No, 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 no. Oh, Lord, I'm coming as I can, just a sinner. Woe is me in need of your grace. Oh, Lord, I, 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 I have nothing to offer but this, but Lord, can you bless it? we seeing this barren woman coming to God, weeping and crying continuously, so, so much so I can see her looking erratic. So erratic so that Eli thought she was... Uh, Wicked woman. Now, this is not her fault, but this is Eli's fault because his kids. All his children were some trifling kids. 
these kids will bring prostitutes to the tabernacle. These kids will, will take from the, 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 the sacrifice for themselves. These kids were some bad kids. And because of that, Eli assumed that she might have been one of those women. But what she says, no, my Lord, your maester is not a wicked woman. But I've been pouring out the, the vexation and the, and the anger and the sorrow of my heart. I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do you see the passion here? Have you ever poured out your soul before the Lord? I'm not talking about, Lord, I'm paying, pouring out my soul to get another paycheck. But have you poured out your soul because of the pain and the internal torment and suffering you had? Because we can always pray to God for a better car, for a new house, for a better job. But have you prayed for somebody else? Have you prayed for your child? Have you prayed for your husband? Have you prayed for your wife? Have you prayed for your mother? Pouring out your soul. Oh, Lord, remember me. Too many times we live in this material world. We pray for things that we want to grab and what we want to hold. We, we don't think about how God can speak to the inner soul. And she is pouring out her soul because she realized that my husband, he can't speak to my soul. My, my rival wife, she's not speaking to my soul. But my God, he can speak to my soul. Aren't you glad that God can speak right into your heart? How God can go past the extremities and go past the exterior. He can get right into your house. I, I know we watch that show of, you know, of, of how people can make over your houses, but sometimes it does not change who's living in the house. But I'm so glad that not only can God change my outside, but he can change my inside. Aren't you glad that God can transform us into and regenerate us through the power of his Holy Spirit? And, and Hannah right now is realizing that my husband is not the one that's going to give me a child, but my God, the Lord of hosts. Uh, if he remembers me and does not forget me and, I, and looks upon me with grace and favor and kindness. And a little play on this here, Hannah's name means that grace or favor. And she's going to God asking for some grace, <laughs> some favor. She tells it to the priest, uh, may I have favor in your eyesight. And she goes in her suffering to give her supplication, passionately praying, poignantly praying. She did not just ask for some children. She asked for a male child, a son. She was specific in her prayer. And not only was she passionately and purposeful in her prayer and poignantly about it, but she also pointed out that I will dedicate him back to you. See, the problem of, of, of us might be in our affliction. We pray to God to bless us, but we forget how we can bless him back. I, I, I remember many times in my time that I would ask God to give me something just for me. I wasn't thinking how I could give it back to him. And in this place, we see Hannah showing the example. said, Lord, if you bless me. If you bless me with this child, I won't claim this child as mine, but I will give it not just a vow, but a vow of vow, a Nazarite vow, a vow, God, that you have installed, a vow that shows this child dedicated to you. And she said, for all his life. This shows something here, that Samuel was bound by a vow by his mother. And shows how children respected their parents back then. That might go with somebody say, let me break it down to it. That means Samuel honored the vow all his life. And he did not make this vow, but his mother made this vow even before he was conceived. 
The mother made this vow even before discussing it with her husband. She made this vow, realizing that this covenant is with God and God will honor it and bless it and give me favor in my husband's eyesight because we see here that Elkanah, he blessed it, he honored it too. Isn't it the good news when you know that you can tell your child to come back home at a certain time and you don't have to worry about them not coming home at a certain time? Isn't it good news when you could tell your child to do something while you're gone and when you come back, it's done when you get back? That's the situation that we see here in this time frame that Samuel honored his mother. His mother wanted to raise him in the admonition of the Lord. She wanted to dedicate him to God and realize that, Lord, this, this child that you give me is not mine, but I'll give it back to you. And then we see her not only in her supplication, look how she surrenders. She surrenders everything she has to him. Her vexation, her affliction, her pain is due to lack of having a child. But she's willing to give this child back to God. But yet, if you continue on reading, we see how God blesses her with more children after this. But you see, if she was not willing to let go of what he has given her, he would not, she would not have been blessed with more. Talk to me if you will. We want to hold on to what we have and not trust God to get more. We want to hold on to what we do see and not trust in God for what he can give to us, what we cannot see. But yet we see the faith of Hannah and his saying that God remember me. And when you remember me, I don't see your grace just in this one child, but in the great blessing of the continuing favor. Pouring, as the Bible says, he'll pour you out a blessing you won't have room for. And you see the blessing overflowing. And then look here, not only is, El, is, is Hannah blessed by having a child, but the father's blessed. By having a child that's going to continue on. Having a child that's Samuel that's going to be judged. And having a, a child that's one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. Having a child that he, of the wife that he loves. That's going to be special to him. And then we look at what the prophet says to her. He says, may the Lord grant your petition that you requested. In this remembrance, after Eli realized that she was not drunk, after he realized that she was praying passionately, importantly, and purposely, he says, may the Lord grant your request. And then we look down at the end when she got up and left. And as a King James Version says, as, 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 as Elkanah got to know his wife, says the Lord remembered her. Do you see that there? How the Lord Remembered her? In this, in, this, in, this, in this narrative, in this story, we see the problem of her persecution and asking God to remember. And when God remembers you, we say it before, I asked you to write it down, it's asking God to show you his grace and his kindness and his favor on you. And this end, you see how the Lord remembered her. Aren't you glad that in our pain and our suffering, we can ask the God to remember us? And when God remembers us, oh, it opens up room for him to bless us. But before we get to the God's remembrance, we've got to first look at our obedience. Do you not see it in the text? Hannah was willing to obey God, said, if you bless me with this child, then I will. We are asking God to bless us, but what are you willing to do? 
You want God to give you something, but you're not willing to give your life over to him. You want God to bless your house, but you haven't turned your house over to him. You want God to help your car out, but you haven't turned your car over to him. You want God to increase your paycheck, but you don't give your money over to him. You want God to do so much in your life, but you can't even give him a portion of yours. You want God to remember you, but you don't remember him. The times that you remember him are times when it's too late. Because there's another time when God does remember. Hebrews 8 and 12 says how God will not remember their afflictions, their sins, their, their, their penalty. Because if God remembers your sins, there's going to be judgment. Talk to me if you will. If God remembers you with his kindness and his grace, he will give you the consequence of that remembrance. His grace and his favor. But if God remembers you because of your sins... Hold on, somebody. He'll give you the consequence of your sins. Oh, the word of God says, for the wages of sin is death. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? But the gift of God is, is, is salvation and righteousness through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see here, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But yet, we serve a God that sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. In this time, in the Old Testament time, Hannah did not know Jesus as we know him now. And so she was just trusting in God to remember her and so favor on her life. But right now, we might be having some sin sickness in our lives and, and we're trying to break through out of this problem. So we have a broke down family, a broke down house, or a broke down marriage. And we ask God, remember me. And I'm telling you right now that God can look down on your situation in the midst of your suffering. That you can purposefully and passionately pray to him. And let them move in your life. Because look here. Look here how remembrance works in our favor. Jesus. Hanging on the cross. Said, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He could say, Lord, remember what they're doing right now. And punish them accordingly. But no, he said, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. We see here that when we ask God that he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, what does that mean? That means he will remember our sins no more. The psalmist says our God will separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. In other words, he will remember our sins no more. So I'm glad there's times that God does not remember, and I'm glad for the times that God does remember. Because when God does remember, I see his power moving in my life. We remember Samuel Thomas during on his deathbed. He remembers me and says, welcome meet you into the house of the Lord. Did not the criminal say that, remember me? And he said, on this day, you'll be with me in paradise. Do you see the power of God remembering you? In our lives, in pain and affliction that we're going through, you may feel forgotten. You may feel alone. You may be feel that you're all by yourself. But yet, you can be just like him. In, in spite of the problems you're facing, in spite of the limited, the limited uh, possibilities you have in front of you and the opposition you have in front of you, it says she was unable to have a child, but she did not give up hope. She was teased year after year, but she did not stop praying. She poured out her soul, and I can imagine that wasn't the only time she did so. 
And we can see the spirit of this woman because after the Lord blessed her with just one child, how she wrote a beautiful song, we read about it in the second chapter, how she's lifting up the Lord of hosts for blessing her. Can you see how, how God can change your tears <laughs> into joy? How God can change your pain into joy? How God can turn around your suffering into a glorious celebration? All I'm trying to tell you here before I take my seat is that no matter what you're going through, yes, you can cry at night, but we know that joy comes in the morning. You might be in pain and suffering right now, but yet did not Jesus suffer, but now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Am I talking to somebody here? Pain is not too rough. Trouble is not too hard. Nothing is too great for our God. Because he will remember us. Oh, for those mothers praying out to God. Go ahead and pray that prayer. Lord, remember me. <laughs> oh, to your children. Just say, Lord, remember my child. Oh, let us just say, Father, we thank you. I'm so glad for my mother praying for me. Times that I forgot about her, she said, Lord, remember my child. <laughs> Times I was on the, on, on the wrong path, but the Lord has brought me through. Uh, do you see how when you allow God to move through your life, how you can be a blessing to others? All I'm here is just to remind you that we serve a God that has not forgotten you. We serve a God that has remembered you. And in this process, the challenge is for you to remember him. Hannah, remember God and say, Lord, I will honor you. I will follow your precepts. I'll be obedient to your law. I will wean this child and then give him over to you as I promised. And when she did so, she came back to the priest and the priest worshiped the Lord and she said she lent him to the Lord. And when she lent him to the Lord, she did not leave him, but she just let him be so that God could have his way with him. I just want to let some of your mothers know that sometimes when your children leave, they didn't left, but you just lent them and said, Lord, I put them in your hands. <laughs> Keep them while they're out of my eyesight, Lord, and bless them that they will grow in stature. Oh, just turn them over to the Lord and say, Lord, I lend them because when you put them in God's unchanging hands, or, oh, the hands of protection, the, the hands of power, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Aren't you glad? Because God is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his people. And as we see that how he sent his son, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you call on Jesus, you have opened up the door for the Lord to remember you and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room for. You may not see this blessing here in the land of the living, but one of these days when Christ comes back and we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, oh, what the eyes will see. Oh, what a glorious our bodies will be. But right now, right now, as the Lord remembers you, you remember him. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. It says in the word, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Do so right now. And see how the Lord can remember you in your marriage. Remember you in your household. Remember you in whatever pain and affliction that you're going through. God can make a difference. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, ask you to remember us. Lord, here we are, just sinners in need of forgiveness. 
And we thank you for the price that was paid on Calvary for our sins through your Son, our Lord, who rose from the grave on the third day and now is seated at the right hand of you. Lord, I pray that someone here does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, Father, that they cry out right now and say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that he rose from the grave on the third day. Lord, we, we ask you to remember them right now. Sow your grace, your mercy, and your kindness on their lives so that they may experience, hallelujah, your saving power. We thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy. And Lord, we lift up those who are many afflicted among us. Lord, we have those who are bereaved. Lord, those who are sick. Those who are fighting diseases. Lord, those who are suffering some emotional and personal ailments. But Lord, we thank you, God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So, Father, we lift them up to you right now, Lord. We cry out to your name, Almighty God, seeking your grace and your mercy, Father, Lord. Remember us in our need, because you truly are our rock, our redeemer. And we'll give you the glory, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Let us say amen. Amen. amen.